We're very thankful today to be joined on the phone line by Jackson County State's Attorney, Mr. Joe Cervantes. Thanks for the time. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Wanted to catch up with you to talk about a variety of different issues that's uh, facing state's attorneys uh, throughout the state of Illinois. And before we get into the issues, for those who may not be familiar with you, just give us sort of the elevator speech on who uh, Joe Cervantes is. Well, I, I grew up in the Chicagoland area, and um, you know, I, I, I had a. a what, what I would call a pretty uh, pretty good life in, in one of the suburbs. Uh, lost my parents at an early age and then uh, at, at about 10 years old and uh, struggled a lot uh, in my life around the Chicagoland area and in Chicago. Um, I eventually, I don't know how, I made it out of Chicago. I made it into the, the Marine Corps. Uh, for some reason, I I, um, I was accepted in, in, uh, in, at SIU. I was able to do my undergrad, my grad, uh, and went into the Marine Corps. Uh, so I spent most of the early 2000s, um, uh, most of that decade as a United States Marine infantryman, uh, a infantry leader, a platoon sergeant, squad leader, served in Iraq several times uh, and had to get out of it. You know, you have a couple kids and it changes the way you look at things. And uh, my next career path, or I always call my second career, um, you know, I went to law school. And again, I was fortunate to come down to Southern Illinois University um, Law School. I graduated law school, never expected to be a prosecutor. Uh, I got my first job at Land of Lincoln. It's actually um, uh, there in Carbondale, and then went to uh, become an assistant state's attorney in Williamson County. Uh, fell in love with the job because I, I was able to, um, to, to really affect many people's lives uh, in a positive way as an assistant state's attorney. Uh, I moved to Saline County um, State's Attorney's Office and did the juvenile docket there. Again, loved my work to be able to work with juveniles. It reminded me a lot of, of uh, a lot of these kids. It reminded me of who I was when I was a young man and, and uh, the type of influences I had, both negative and positive, and how important our juvenile system is to, uh, to our community. Uh, and then I decided to go on my own. I started a law firm. I was a defense attorney for um, for several years uh, and I determined that um, you know I didn't want to want to time it anymore helping people I thought that I could uh, affect more change not as a defense attorney but as a prosecutor uh, and I had seen enough uh, state's attorneys and assistant state's attorneys I had great role models mentors who had been in court had got great trial experience and I determined that uh, Jackson County or Carbondale the place where I enlisted um, into the Marines uh, the place that accepted me into into college and accepted me as uh, for who I am. Uh, I, I was able to uh, to run for office. I was elected in 2020. It's just been, um, I feel like it was yesterday that, that I was running the streets in Chicago and, and now um, uh, now I'm uh, the chief law enforcement officer here in Jackson County, but it definitely affects the way that I run the office. Joe Cervantes is with us. And as you come into the office every day, and deal with the the challenges that you're faced with. Um, how do you kind of manage the caseload? Because I have to imagine that uh, your office is dealing with hundreds of cases, thousands of cases a year. I really don't even know how to guess what the number would be. Well, we, we, we do deal with thousands of cases. So they, they you know, we're responsible for 
for uh, reviewing the reports uh, from all the law enforcement agencies in Jackson County. Now, just real quick, um, you know, we, we also handle all the civil matters with the agencies in the county, the county board, the health department, the, you know, uh, and so we have, a, a you know, we do contracts and civil law as well. We have attorneys that handle that. But on the criminal side, we, we take care of every time a police officer or deputy uh, has a report to write, which there's tens of thousands of them probably per year. That report comes to our office. Uh, it starts a process and, uh, and, and articulates through the system uh, so that, um, and, and eventually gets to, to one of the attorney's desks here in the office. So we handle thousands. Um, and and uh, workflow is definitely one of the important you know, management uh, issues with any state's attorney's office. Uh, we don't want to be in a situation where we have to pick and choose the cases. We want to make sure that we're filing on cases that need to be filed on. And you have to just know, and this is the thing, you had to have worked in a state's attorney's office long enough to know how cases move through the system. Because once you do that, you're able to kind of perfect uh, the sales. I wouldn't say you can ever perfect it, but you're able to make sure that that, that it's efficient and it's just. And so um, coming into the office we're just making sure that we put our manpower where we need to just a very brief example when i came in uh we had uh you know certain dockets meaning certain types of crimes with certain attorneys but we had an issue with guns in carbondale and we've curbed that quite a bit and the data shows that and one of the things that we did is we took some prosecutors away from traffic and misdemeanors and we pushed them over to violent crimes and we spread out some of the, the crimes the violent crimes not just uh, giving them to one attorney, but giving them to three or four attorneys and training them how to do these violent crime cases. And when we do that, we're able to kind of spread that stress out around the office, so to speak, uh, and we're able to pay attention to the cases where we have victims. Uh, and that's what's important. So our our, our, uh, our felonies are where they are now, and it's very hard to get that information out to the public, but uh, we've been very successful over the last several months and years. One of the other things that I have noticed is that over the course of time, you've put together various advisory groups and whatnot uh, to different levels of success, I'd say. But most recently, last uh, was it last fall or the fall before, uh, talking about theft prevention and trying to get a handle on those issues, most of which stem back to people who are stealing things so that they could sell them on the black market to feed their drug addiction. Right. Well, you know, one of, one of the things about my my office and my point of view, which is, is different from maybe other state's attorneys, is that my job is not just to prosecute the crimes that are coming before me or to, to seek justice on those. I think that part of my job as an elected official, because this is an elected position, is to make sure that, that that we're safer and we have less crime. I want to be preventative, right? I don't, I don't want more cases. I want less. Uh, and so in order to do that, we have to establish programs and uh, work with community groups. If I don't have the community on my side, if I don't have community organizations on my side, community groups on my side, I can't do my job. Uh, and so one of the things is to make sure my office is open. We've done a, a number of initiatives. Uh, we worked with the Detman Center, making sure they had funds for midnight basketball. We're in big support of drug Court. That started a couple months after I was elected. Number of different things. The Citizens Advisory Board, which is still kind of taking off, um, you know, the ground. Uh, we still have meetings. But recently, uh, we just started a theft prevention.
prevention program. We've started to get businesses involved. We have uh, loss prevention specialists and owners of businesses that show up, um, that zoom in. Uh, I'm hoping to have an in-person meeting here after the holidays. Um, but, but one of the reasons for that is because this new pretrial fairness act is putting more of an emphasis on whether you're in jail or out of jail. And it's taken a lot of emphasis off of, uh, the resources that we need to give people to prevent crime in the first place. So, um, it's very difficult with theft cases, criminal damage to property cases, criminal trespass cases to get people the help they need to make sure they don't do it again. That's what we want to stop. We want to stop seeing them in the courtrooms. So our theft prevention program is is a communication thing between businesses, offices, and law enforcement to make sure that we're keeping up in in trends of certain scams, schemes, um, and and theft. Uh, um, that's happening here in Jackson County, but also working with them in Williamson County because we'll see the same scheme in, you know, let's let's just say uh, a large retail store in, in Marion that also has a location in Jackson County or two locations in Jackson County. We work with them to, to talk about the usual suspects, to talk about what happened after the arrest and to let them know that we are on their side. We want businesses to come here to Southern Illinois. It is a great place to, to have a business, a great place to raise a family, a great place to live and we want them to know that we support them has the uh, pre-trial fairness act the end of cash bail as it's uh, been called by some and, and the safety act uh, really led to fewer people being held in jail and do you think that it's having an impact in the sense that we're seeing more crime because of it well, you know, um, first off, my, you know, I, I always thought that we were doing the right thing. We're, you know, when we hear these these uh, stories about, you know, the 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 pregnant. Uh, mother stealing diapers and then being held in jail for months. Um, that's a Cook County thing, not a Jackson County thing. Uh, we don't do that here, and I've never have. Uh, our, our incarceration uh, rate in our Jackson County jail is lower, no doubt. Um, we had been up in the summertime as high as 180. Our capacity is about 198 in the jail. Um, but typically, we're always around, the, we, we had always been around the 140s. Right, right around there. Um, now we're we're hovering around a hundred, but the difference is not just with our county, though. The difference is um, we do share. You know, Union County uses our jail as well, but the difference is in the short term stays. And let me let me tell you what I mean. In the violent crimes, nothing's changed. When we had people that committed a violent crime, we advocated for the community and for victims to keep them in jail until trial. We set the bond high, in other words. Now they're just not having any bond at all. Um, but where it's changed things is when we have individuals that are in for things like theft uh, and, uh, and, and criminal trespass, criminal damage to property, some domestics, things like that, sometimes we need to keep them in for a few days, three, four, five days, maybe even up to a week or two. And the reason why we do that is to first stop the bleeding, right? When somebody's hurt, the first thing you do when you treat them, stop the bleeding so then you can treat them. So the first thing we have to do is get them off the street and, and stop them from committing more crimes. That's the first thing. The second thing is we got to treat them. We got to make sure that they get the resources they need. When we can't hold them longer than a day or two, it's very difficult for me to get them to treatment, to get them to rehabilitation, to get them a bed somewhere, uh, to get family members to come down and grab them. Um, very, very 
difficult to do that. And so that's that's where the Pretrial Fairness Act is failing. Um, you know, and I refuse to call it a safety act because we're not safer because of it, because it's taken the discretion out of our offices, uh, off of our offices plate and and and, uh, and legislated and given it to the legislators in, in Springfield. Um, but they don't vote for me. The people of Jackson County vote for me. Uh, and I've been given the right to make those decisions. And so I've been trusted to make those decisions. But the Pretrial Service Act has, has changed that and my ability to get people help when I need to get them help. Joe Cervantes, Jackson County State's Attorney, is with us today. We won't keep you much longer. But I wondered if the timeliness aspect of um, the new laws have caused any problems i know that you know a person is supposed to have a hearing i can't remember if it's with within 24 or 48 hours and you know there was some concern holiday weekends or something that you know you could be holding people beyond what the law allows for so it's no secret that i was not a fan of this because of the way that it was just kind of uh, Frankenstein together by a bunch of legislators who had never sat in my seat before. Uh, and one of the reasons why I did that was not because I want to hold people indefinitely on a high bond or I want unfair treatment for people who can't afford to get out. I think that's all a great reason to reform the bond uh, system. However, uh, I was against it because I do not believe in holding anyone who is supposed to be innocent until proven guilty with no bond. And, and that's the other side of it. And people, when I talk to them about that, they say, yeah, that you're absolutely right. It, it just makes, it doesn't make sense to hold anybody who is innocent until proven guilty without bond. Even in the most egregious crimes, that individual by our system, by law, is innocent until proven guilty. And even in those most, most egregious crimes, they can have a million dollar bond. You know, people do $2 million bond. I'm not in favor of them getting out, of course, but I'm in favor of them being able to get out. You know, uh, and so people forget that is that we have young men and women all over the state of Illinois that when they are arrested, if they are detained, and it's strictly up to the state's attorney's office uh, pitching a case to the judge and the judge agreeing. If that's if, if that judge wants to detain, they're being detained and there is no bond. And people forget about that, that we are now holding people in the state of Illinois in jail with no opportunity to bond out. They're, you're either in jail or you're out of jail. And I think that has to change. I think it will change back the other way. I think the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. Uh, and it's up for leaders to be able to stand up and make sure it doesn't swing too far. But if I get arrested tomorrow for domestic battery, for instance, isn't it in the law now that I have to be before a judge within a certain period of time? I have to have a hearing? Um, right, right. So so you, you'll have a hearing within uh, as, as soon as possible. So what that means is usually 24 or 48 hours. We have jail call here uh, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, if you happen to get picked up on a warrant so you don't show up to court, there's no hundred dollar bond or three hundred dollar bond if you get picked up you're in until you're out until you see a judge which could be you know two days uh if you get picked up on a thursday or friday or a holiday weekend you're in all weekend so if you would have got picked up on there's no court uh uh personnel here on friday during the holidays and i think monday was a holiday at one point so you got picked up on thursday night you're in friday saturday sunday until you see the judge on Tuesday morning uh, with no bond. And there's nothing that, that I can 
you know, there's nothing really that I can do about that because that's the law. You're either in jail or you're out of jail. Well, last question for you. Um, I know that there has been a real challenge with keeping assistant state's attorneys across the country. And uh, I wondered what the current situation is with you there at the state's attorney's office. Do you feel like you're fully staffed? Well, I, I, I never, we never feel like we're fully staffed, but we're doing a great job um, right now. We went through a really rough patch. I think that, uh, you know, uh, government was very late in reacting to the changes in the economy. There is no doubt that $50,000 a year is not what it used to be. Uh, and, and we were paying our attorneys a, a, an amount that the, we couldn't keep up with the Illinois Attorney General's office, the appellate prosecutor's office, and, and of course, other law firms. Um, so uh, when I got in, you know, we had a, a really big changeover in personnel and it was very difficult. We were down uh, running on fumes for a little while, uh, you know, We've recruited attorneys um, uh, creatively. We've had uh, we've recruited from Florida. We've recruited from Kentucky, from Missouri, from Peoria, Illinois. Uh, we have a a very uh, diverse office now, and, and we are up to speed. But it's not necessarily just about the personnel. Um, our admin is where we need to be. Uh, we will add a couple positions over the next year or two. But um, you know, the, the the most important thing is the flow of the office and how efficient we are with with how we handle cases. Uh, when I came in, we were in the four hundreds as far as felonies being filed. Reports about the number of reports coming in remaining about the same. Uh, we went to the, to, uh, to to the five hundred six hundred four last year, and then seven hundred and fifty seven felonies filed last year. We've taken care of several uh, serious crimes, murder cases, um, uh, eight of them over the last eighteen months. So we are, are, are uh, doing very well. We're efficient. We're managing. Uh, but uh, I know a lot of people can, can probably agree. Every office could probably use one more person. Jackson County State's Attorney has been our guest uh, today. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for your time. 